Oh my God, wait, we have so, pause, pump the brakes. We have so many things to discuss. But first of all, yes. is that football's about to be back. And we got to talk about my man, Joseph <laughs> Jamal Burrow. <laughs> Hi guys, welcome back to another episode of Spice Rack Pod. Today we have a really cute, happy read, but before before we get into it, Sav, how are you doing? All I want to do is sing August by Taylor Swift. I was just <laughs> thinking about that, have it on replay in my head. I can see it's lost in the memory. Like That's all that's been in my head all day long. So, it's August. August. It really flew. I can't believe that it's already August. I know people always say, oh, like, time always flies, but I just feel like it's extra flying. I know there was a little chill in the air this morning. I was like, ooh, I'm finna put my ass in a sweater, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I just love the fall so much that now I'm just like, okay, it can be September already. Oh, my God, wait. We have so, pause, pump the brakes. We have so many things to discuss. But first of all, yes. is that football's about to be back. And we got to talk about my man, Joseph <laughs> Jamal Burrow. <laughs> first of all, it looks like a picture last week of Joe Burrow. I'm going to put it into the – I'm going to have to clip this because, I mean – it's so good. So then I was like, look how good this picture is. So I zoomed in on all my favorite parts. <laughs> look at his legs. Oh my God. Look at the oh, oh, look at the forearm definition. Like, are you fucking kidding me? The hands? So fine. The jawline? So, happy football season. I will be wearing a number nine Cincinnati Bengals jersey. Not that I've ever been a fan of that team. (laughs) So, that's what I'm excited for this fall. Yeah, I'm excited for – because, I don't know, fall is big. You have football. You still have baseball. You have hockey. You just have so much going on. Pumpkin cold brew is going to be back. And, like, I'm a basic bitch when it comes to, like, fall and Halloween. I just have to. I think that there's nothing wrong with being basic. I love being basic. I th- I love being basic, too. I'm going to skedaddle out of here in my leggings and my fucking Birkenstocks with my AirPods in and carry my goddamn Stanley Cup and just have a great day. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, I love being basic. I love being a girl's girl. Like, that's what equals sure. happiness. Do you think that it's a red flag, though, when a girl calls herself a girl's girl? Yes. Yeah, like scenario. Like you meet a girl for the first time and she says she's a girl's girl. Is that a red flag? It's big pick me energy. (laughs) Like you should be able to know if somebody's a girl's girl. Agreed. Agreed. And we are girls' girls, but we're not going to tell girls that we're girls' girls. Exactly. I'm so glad we covered that. (laughs) I would also like to discuss this book talk drama. Because I oh feel my like god, weigh in. Yes, I'm gonna just, like go like. Yeah, can you give us it? synopsis? Okay, so hockey book talk has been taking over TikTok and everything. It's 
specifically a player named Alex Wernberg. I'm probably mispronouncing that name. He plays for the Seattle Kraken. He has tall, buffy, blonde, blue eyes. And like Book Talk and like TikTok, they just claim this man as Book Talk's man. Are we like name dropping the, the creator? I mean, why the fuck not? It's been all so, over TikTok. There is this one book talk creator. Her name is Kira Lewis, and she is like very famous in the book talk community. And she started commenting things under his photos, like "crack my back," just being like like commenting like pretty sexual comments under the post. Always saying that like, oh, their reason that the team is famous is because he's book talk. All this stuff. So Alex Wernberg's wife had enough of it. She was kind of tired of the DMs, people posting sexually, like sexual comments under her husband's post. And so she made a post and she was like, I'm all for like book talk and like hockey romances. And it was fine in the beginning when people were like drooling over her husband, but it went across the line when people were sexually harassing her husband. And I think that people forget like women can be sexually harassed, but so can men, like men can be sexually harassed. And he has said that he doesn't feel comfortable with like the escalation that it took and his wife came out and said that she doesn't feel comfortable and she came out with a statement and book talk and this creator attacked her yeah saying that they're overreacting the only reason why people know of this of this nhl team is because of book talk which is not true people are saying that the seattle crack and needs to fire their social like admin people because they like fell into this like book talk thing and they were like using it to gain views and this whole mess, so now people are, like, sending, like, hate mail and hate messages to the Warnbergs, posting all these videos. And TikTok has taken it too far. Yeah. I feel like I'm now coming, maybe I shouldn't have talked about Joe Burrow in the way that I just did. But here's the difference, is that I may have these zoomed in pictures of Joe Burrow's body parts on my phone. which is fucking insane but would I ever tell him that I have zoomed in pictures of his body on my phone I wouldn't because I'm not gonna do that and that's weird and that's disrespectful and I'm sure like if people are saying shit publicly under someone's post the shit that they're getting in private has to be absolutely fucking crazy and I was talking about this with Seth and he was like oh do you think people are sending nudes to like his account and I was like I didn't even think about that but probably right probably because it got to the point like where he was getting feeling so uncomfortable that the wife even like said something yeah. and what just like like what gave me like what made me feel like icky was that like this man and his wife spoke out how they're feeling like they're being sexually harassed they don't like these comments and now they're being attacked for these comments yeah which I don't like it's not fair. And I think that people forget that these people are humans. They might yeah. be like attractive and fit the mold, but to be sending hate mail and all this stuff because they felt sexually harassed. And if the tables were turned and it was a female athlete sure. and a male content creator, everything would be an uproar. Yeah. No, I mean, Emily and I like haven't really talked about this, but I'm for sure on your side. I think it's like, Here's the thing. The wife said a statement and I thought it was like she was not at all insensitive. She wasn't rude. She was like, I have a PhD in this shit. 
she didn't say shit. I have a PhD in this. She was also very like open. She talked about her son and like if he may be straight or if he may want to date women, which always clues me into like, oh, like these people are inclusive, like they're open to whatever their kids want to do. You know what I mean? And so I felt like she addressed it in a very calm way. And then I saw a video on Twitter, which is now X. So I have since deleted my Twitter because Elon Musk fucking ruined it and I'm done. (laughs) But I saw this video and it was a screen recording of the live of Kiara. And she was like, like going in and being super disrespectful. And it's like, you didn't have to clap back you know what I mean like I just think that you could have left it and like can we not just like fucking read some books and and just live (laughs) you know what I mean like it didn't have to be a whole thing I understand that she's probably offended because it makes it seem like she's the only one that has ever done this because the wife used her video but it's like it girl it wasn't directly towards you it was towards a community that you just happened to like be a key player in so like let's just yeah keep it moving and like that's like and then like her followers are not helping the situation because they're like posting all these like hate comments and stuff and then the Warrenbergs they are very inclusive every state of the team that he has played in they're very active in the LGBTQ plus community like they are very like inclusive family and like she even said that she understands like having like romanticizing somebody but just not to the point to where it becomes sexual harassment. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, too, like, the athletes in the real world are not the athletes that we read about in books. Like, y'all need to calm down. Like, as, yes. much, as much as I want a soccer daddy after reading this fucking book, like, that's not real life. You know what I mean? Like, we all need to just, let's go, like, outside, take a breath. And realize that these men are quite literally not real. <laughs> like, they don't exist. No, and that's when I was talking to my boyfriend about it. I was like, I feel like it. sometimes people forget that the book characters are men written by women. They don't exist. Correct. They are not real. They do they not don't. exist. And, like, you're supposed to, like, book is, like, a form of, like, escapism, like, reading all that stuff. But you just can't. I don't know. I don't even know what I'm trying to say, but it's gotten yeah. to a point where it's kind of gotten a lot. Yeah. I mean, as a whole, we got to pipe the fuck down. That's how I personally feel like everyone needs to chill out. Don't come for this sweet little man and his wife. And you know what kills me is like, he's probably so awkward. Like y'all are making this man out to be a sex god. And he's like this awkward little person that just happens to play hockey. Like leave the man alone. And that's the thing. Like, and now just, like, the DMs, the posting, the hate stuff. Like, let the man just play hockey. Like, I feel like there are some athletes that lean into it. Like, Travis Kelsey doesn't mind attention to a certain point. No. You know what I mean? So, like, if they're giving you the vibes, then you can maybe, like, play along. But at a certain point, I think everyone has a limit. And once you reach it, you just got to, again, pipe the fuck down. So, yeah. And I do have to say one thing about the Seattle Kraken. They did invite the creator, Kara, to one of their games and gave her a sign that said, like, hashtag crack my back. Yeah. So I think that the organization also needs to be held accountable for kind of, like, egging this on. And they, like, completely dropped, like, here and followed her from everything without, like, explanation. And they, like, unposted – 
all of the stuff that because it wasn't just her making the content they had made yeah. too and they deleted it all they deleted everything so I should like message from all sides I feel really bad for the Wernberg family yeah and who just they just existed it's overall just like not a good situation for anybody and I think rather than anyone clapping back you should have just like maybe had a private combo you know what I mean not everything yeah. needs to be public no that's where I'm at. But I do, I mean, I love a little influencer drama. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm- it came out, it came out of nowhere. It came out of nowhere. I was on Twitter and I saw these screenshots and I was like, oh shit. I ran to TikTok and I was like, I have to send Sav all of these things. Are you going to keep your Twitter? Your ex? Probably. I just have had enough. Probably. I've had enough. It, um, so I was at the lake with my boyfriend's family and we were talking about X and everybody had the original Twitter, right? And I slept with my phone plugged in, attached to the Wi-Fi. I woke up the next morning. I was the only person whose Twitter changed to X. Weird. I was like, I think I was the only one that had it plugged in at night. I, on Sunday night, went to bed, woke up Monday, my Twitter was X and I was like, Mm-mm. I've had enough of this. This is not how I'm choosing to start my week. So I deactivated my account. But at first I had to reset my fucking password because I couldn't remember the password to deactivate the account. And I was like, you know what, Elon Musk, fuck you. This is stupid. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. I don't get it. Not for me. I've had enough. I would like to share my Oppenheimer thoughts. I mean, okay, yeah. So Sam and I both watched Oppenheimer. I have not seen Barbie yet, but I did see Oppenheimer at 10.30 in the morning. Okay. Here, we are going to have very different Oppenheimer thoughts because we are different girlies. You know what I mean? On a scholarly level, you and I are different. (laughs) And so I'm not really going to give any spoilers because to be completely fucking honest, I didn't understand the movie enough to really spoil it. So that's where we're at. Only thing I can say, I think Killian Murphy is hot. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Number two, I was not prepared for the amount of Florence Pugh's titties that I was going to see. Bless her heart. She's a good actress, but she was naked the entire time she was in that movie. Like, even when she was talking, when she was not fucking, she was still naked. She was. I really thought that she was going to have more influence in the film. But 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 she was just tits out. Like, I was like, whoa, okay. Just out with her titties. I sat next to a 13-year-old boy, a late <laughs> about Florence Pugh's titties. <laughs> he was fucking stoked. So I loved that for him. Loved that I got to be a part of that journey. It was incredibly awkward because I wanted to be like, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> so Florence is probably not going to win any sort of supporting actress, anything, because she was just naked like that that was her thing I didn't know enough about the Manhattan Project the time the bomb so I was confused pretty much from start to finish it was shot well I I like it I like a time piece I don't fucking know but Florence all I got from that movie bomb Florence Pugh's titties I loved Oppenheimer I think that I would like to go see it again I just love all the history behind like Oppenheimer and like the Manhattan Project and what 
Okay, so my number one thought is, we all know I'm not really good with time zones, time, wherever. It still really fucking throws me off that atomic bomb, World War II, Japan, same time period as Albert Einstein. Like, that shit throws me off. I was like, I was like, I told my boyfriend, I was like, what the, I was like, is Albert Einstein that young? Like, I think of Albert Einstein, I think of like the 1800s. I'm not thinking of like World War II. Like, you could not convince me that Albert Einstein, Picasso, and fucking Isaac Newton weren't all alive at the same time. Like, I know. It just throws my mind. And I think one thing I really liked about, like, the Manhattan Project in itself, I do think the whole premises, like, I study international conflict and stuff, but I don't study wars because wars is just too sad of a topic for me to study. I did really like the it was interesting for me to see how academia like flowed into the role of like being developers on this project mm. because it did start with college professors, like being main leads on this project. So I thought that was interesting. And the whole aspect about the communist party, like the workers, like labor unions, teachers unions. I thought that was interesting. And I was really just thrown off how he lost his security. So he helped make the bomb. And then the fight for a security clearance, because he spoke out about how we need to have some kind of treaty so these bombs were not used freely. So I just like all that stuff to me was just so fascinating. But I really think that I could see it again. But every actor and actress that you can name from A to Z is in that movie. Oh, for sure. Star Every famous Scotted. person is in that movie. Absolutely. Josh Peck was in that movie? And I was like, there's, a, there's a retired dude. NHL player in that movie. Oh, really? Like, yeah, like there's just like everybody from A to Z. But Truly, it's gonna between tweet, it's, Barbie it's and Oppenheimer, every every actress has been so busy. Like y'all are in yeah. everything that's coming out right now. And I really do think that Cillian Murphy is one of the best actors of our generation. Did you ever, did you watch Peaky Blinders? Um, I watched a little bit of it, but I didn't watch all of it. I just think that the acting and the, and Oppenheimer is just phenomenal. And I loved it. He's so fine. And Peaky Blinders, I can't get over it. Okay. Getting into, you know, the actual purpose of what we're here to do. (laughs) What have you been reading? So I failed my task of finishing two books. But I finished a book that recovering today and I have made progress on Crimson River. And um, I see that you read Call It What You Want. I have that downloaded. I really want to read that book. You should read that because the whole time I've been reading it, I'm like, damn, this is a book for Emily. Okay. Is it on you Google want me to Middle? tell you what it's about? Isn't it about like a situation ship? It is about a situation ship. Number one with the pike. I'm like, oh my God, Emily needs to read this. So it's like her and a frat boy and a situation ship post-college and he can't settle down. So I just finished part one and I have like half the book left of part two. So I'm curious to see what's going to happen. But I don't feel this quite as hard because I did meet Seth in college. So like my college experience is not marred by a shitty frat boy unlike some other people potentially in the room (laughs) with us. So I think that if that speaks to you, you should read it. I'm going to be so honest. The writing is like not hitting. We are not winning a Pulitzer Prize, but I think that it's very relatable for a lot of people. 
Okay, so I'm going to do the Kindle for buy it. Yeah, I wouldn't buy it. I think it's going to hit you in the in the chest. It's going to grab you by the neck. Okay, 222 pages, a quick read. Well, she's just so in love that she's not reading a lot. Emily, most people gain happy relationship weight, and Emily is not doing that. She's just happy relationship not reading. <laughs> Listen, I have to like my boyfriend's family. They have a paddleboard. I am so bad that I spent two hours learning how to fucking paddleboard. You did not. Emily. I did. I can paddleboard now. You're watching war movies and paddleboarding? Who the fuck are you? I'm concerned. I I can paddleboard now. I can't stand up all the way. I can only paddleboard on my knees. But... I'm going to be a bit down a <laughs> It took you two hours to figure out how to get on your knees <laughs> on the paddleboard. <laughs> oh, I was so worried about my hips. I was so like, my hips are going to break. <laughs> and then every time like a jet ski or a boat went by, we got waves. So I was like, here we go. <laughs> like I'm getting flipped over. Just pour one out for our girl because she's in love. <laughs> That's why she's not reading a damn thing. I'm having to carry us to the finish line. <laughs> I, I promise by the time we record next week, two books will be read. Maybe three. You were going to say three and you just <laughs> dialed it back. I just watched you. I just watched you dial okay, it Okay, at least two, maybe three. Well, I, once again, I'm carrying the teams. This is what I got. I finished First Flight, Final Fall, which we're talking about today. Loved. 10 out of 10 stories. So cute. Then I'm also going to force Emily to read this next week for the pod. If y'all haven't read Out on a Limb by Hannah Bonham Young, what are you doing? This is the book of the year. I'm going to say it with my whole chest. It was so good. The story was great. There was representation. It was just hitting. So we're going to do a whole fucking episode about it next week because I am obsessed and I'm forcing Emily and her in love ass to take a break from the boyfriend (laughs) to read this book because it was so good. So go ahead and download that to your Kindle too. (laughs) I have it downloaded and um, call it what you want, like popped up on my Kindle. Okay, there we go. For a long time, no words were popping up. But I have both of those books downloaded, and they will be read by next week. What if that was the book? It was like, actually, this doesn't have any words. Just do some self-reflection. <laughs> That's what the book is. Again, not hitting me quite as hard because I am in like a happy, like I've healed from my college trauma. You know what I mean? And you've also healed from your college trauma, but I think there's still some lingering there. It's going to get brought back up. <laughs> So would highly recommend if you, and I don't even think it has to be like you dated somebody in college. If you've ever dated like a kind of shitty dude who did not deserve you and strung you along for quite some time, you should read Call It What You Want by Alyssa Derogatis. I'm excited. Full review next week. Okay, great. Okay, so getting into it. So C.W. Farnsworth is the author of numerous adult and young adult romance novels featuring sports, strong female leads, and happy endings. She lives in Rhode Island, and when she isn't writing, she spends her free time reading at the beach or snuggling with her Australian shepherd. Books by Farnsworth include Fake Empire, Left Field Love, and Famous Last Words. 
And today we are discussing First Flight, Final Fall, which follows the unexpected relationship between Sailor Scott and Adler Beck. And the dedication for this week is really sweet. It's to everyone who has supported my writing. You are the reason this book exists. That's so sweet. Okay, getting into the plot review. Sailor Scott is the number one women's soccer player in the country, and she has chased this dream for as long as she can remember. Sailor is unattached to most things, except for that black and white checkered ball. When she's selected to attend the most elite training program in the world for eight weeks in Germany, she's focused and excited. Enter Adler Beck, the most famous soccer player in the world, and someone Sailor beats in a shootout on her very first day in Germany. Weeks into the program, Sailor starts to think that maybe she could be focused and excited about more than just soccer, but she soon leaves Germany and Adler behind to return to her normal life in her senior year of college. Their paths cross again at a camp where he confesses his feelings for her and asks to try, which Sailor isn't sure she's ready for. So imagine her surprise when six months later, she's running out the door a little hungover and late for practice, and Adler is walking up the steps to her front door. Tropes include sports romance, I would say like kind of forbidden romance, he falls first, and then obviously college romance as well. So I absolutely love this book, and I really do like this author, and I'm giving this book five stars. I just really wish it was dual POV by Ate the Story Up. Sailor is a top-tier female character, and seeing her personal development throughout the book had me teary-eyed. Seeing her go from being super closed off to learning that it's okay to accept love and help was just done so nicely, and you really rooted for Sailor. I texted Sav saying she reminds me of Blake Lively from the Sister of the Traveling Pants movie, and it is really true. She is witty and funny in a way I want to be and is just so motivated, and I don't understand the hate that she was getting from others while being so dedicated to soccer. And I know like, I got a little bit of hate when I was super dedicated to academics and academics only. But I think when you have this like dream and this goal, like you're going to do everything to pursue it. So I just don't understand the hate that Sailor was getting to soccer. Like, sorry, yeah. like, she's good and she can run 20 miles a day and you can't. The conversation with her like soon to be stepmom too yes. at the wedding made me feel so uncomfortable because also she's like one of the top ranked women in the world. It's like, Y'all should be so proud of her. I don't know. It just made me feel really bad for her. And she was just being judged. And so I was like, I felt really like, I just wanted to root for Sailor. Yeah. Hello, Adler Beck. I love how Adler was just a normal soccer superstar. He was wholesome, but also had a bad boy side. There wasn't any trauma in this book or any like bad plot twists. Like it was just two people who know how to play soccer who are famous in their early 20s. When Beck was confessing, his feelings for sailor and she was so scared to let him in my stomach did sink at times because i'm like he is trying so hard and he was like i'm gonna walk away because you don't know how you feel when they had the fight in her kitchen and she finally opens up i had butterflies and i was feeling all the emotions and i like that we get a good amount of side characters in this book but not to the point where it was overwhelming like i really could see a lancaster world coming out of this book to be honest, I think her friends and roommates suck. Really? I really do. I think that they suck. I think that the way that they handle the whole Adler Beck situation was not fair to Sailor. And, like, to fact that, like, she was, like, feeling uncomfortable. Like, she is a really private person. They didn't know about her family's past. And, like, then the way that they were acting 
about Adler and like being like mad, like wanting to get more information from Sailor or just like calling her out on her behavior. I didn't like it. Okay, here's my perspective. I think you see Sailor grow from being so not even private is the word, almost like closed off, like unnaturally closed off to opening up and wanting to share more about her life with her friends and her roommates and her teammates. So I don't think that they suck. I think Sailor sucked a little bit. I mean, I still loved her and like really rooted for her, but like their reaction to me was more more normal and genuine than sailors does that make sense it does but you I felt like some kind of way <laughs> like when they like cornered her like when she was like in the shower like she was still trying to process what was happening and they weren't giving her that like time to process okay as someone who is your best friend and didn't live with you but I live next to you if a world famous soccer player showed up <laughs> at our house and was in love with you, and I had no fucking idea, I would just shove your ass in a broom closet. (laughs) I did like the banter between the two. Like, she falls, and he was concerned, and she goes, I'm fine, nothing for you to kiss better. And he goes, nothing. He, like, smirks that they have, like, cute, like, banter. She made a joke that she thought that all Germans drive like a wooden station wagon when he had his sports car and he actually buys a wooden station wagon and like picks her up in it. I thought that was funny. In the end, he was like love and like feelings was to feel like skydiving. Like you always get that thrill, even if you're just watching TV with the person. And she goes, Bet kisses me urgently, fervently and fiercely. I squirm, still desperate to touch him, but he doesn't let me. She goes, what are you doing? And he says, skydiving. Like, he is feeling that feeling. And they are just so in love. And she goes, he calls me every night before I go to bed, despite the fact that it's the middle of the night for him. He sent me a carton of mint chocolate chip ice cream on the anniversary of my mother's departure, so I didn't have to go buy it myself. Like, this man was just so in love with her and would just do anything for her. Disgustingly in love with her. I want to know, when do you think he fell in love with her? Like, at what point did you pick up on the fact that he was a goner? I think he fell in love with her either when they played Clue or when he thought, when he saw her helping the girl at the camp because the guy was being mean and he was like, oh, you would know what to do. I think that either the Clue game or that moment was when he fell in love. Yeah, I think that when she's at the soccer camp is a big one. And then also, I mean, I think that he was already in love with her, obviously, before he was at the camp and was like a guest coach or whatever. But when he like has this super hard thing picked out and he's and no one is understanding his instructions and he's like, do y'all need me to demonstrate? Mm-hmm. And they're all like, yeah. And he calls Sailor up to do it. And she does like she knows exactly what he was thinking to do and does exactly what he wanted. I think that's when he's like, oh, I'm fucking obsessed with you. Like, you're incredible. But the fact that it took them eight months to say I love you to each other, I I was like, whoa. Yeah. I was like, I cannot relate. <laughs> eight months is a long time. For sure. Longer than most relationships. <laughs> I'm giving this four and a half stars. Really, if it would have been dual POV, I feel like I would have given it five stars. 
I loved this story and these characters so much. I think Sailor might be one of my favorite female main characters of all time. I personally love how she grew and learned to rely more on her friends and feel things for others as she was figuring out her feelings for Adler. It wasn't just about them. It was about her growing separately to be a good partner for him, which I really enjoyed. You said it, but Sailor was Blake Lively from the Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants, mainly because Blake Lively is so fucking cool in that movie. And I feel like Sailor Scott is the coolest girl ever. Um, She has such a dry personality, which we all know I am a sucker for. I also loved that even though Adler wasn't older, I also loved that Adler wasn't like older and tortured and there was this age gap. Like he was just a guy around her age who started playing professional soccer younger. You know what I mean? Like they had such similar journeys. And I also like how they kind of compared and like had so much respect for what the other one did. Like she wanted to be playing on a larger scale. And he had said that he wished he could go to college and like have less pressure on him. So I think it was cool to see how like their stories kind of interconnected and compared to one another. I liked how her relationship with her family grew, but I think that she was way more mature than they were. Um, As a girl with daddy issues, like I get it. And I also think that she handled that situation way better than I would if I were the person in the story navigating that. A couple of my favorite um, dry sailor quotes. Beck tells her something about her game and she says, oh, I only take advice from players with gold medals. (laughs) That's so funny so fucking funny and then she's joking with her sister at her dad's wedding and they're like she's like made a joke and her sister goes we're in a church not a comedy club and she fake gasps and says is that why there's crosses every two feet so she was very funny I liked her a lot um my favorite quote of the book is more about her friendships which makes me it's interesting that you didn't like any of the friends because I really enjoyed the way that her friendships developed. Um, but it's when the night before she sees Adler again, she's and they're like all getting dressed to go out. And then one person's like, oh, I don't want to go out. I'm going to stay home, puts on comfy clothes. And then they like slowly start to say, I'm not going out. I'm putting on comfy clothes. And she says, 10 minutes later, we're all sprawled across the living room, brownies in one hand, tequila in the other, watching Sweet Home Alabama. I laugh so hard my sides hurt. Emma squeezes my hand when Melody makes jam with her mother and ruins all the best lines by saying them a few seconds too early. And it's probably my favorite night in college. One quote that Sailor says is pretty funny when some, I think it's her grandma that was like, oh, if I looked as pretty as you, I would just sit and wait for like any man to come scoop me up. And she goes, how progressive of you. <laughs> Just like dead fan. And one thing I forgot to mention in my review, I just like how much limelight this book brings to women's sports. Hmm. Like I like how their games were completely sold out. Because in women's college, honestly, how many of their games are being sold out? Yeah. Like they're really bringing light to these competitive camps and just like a different light to women's soccer that I had no idea existed. Yeah. And I thought saying that was pretty neat. Yeah, that's why we want, like, I wanted to read something that was, like, fun for the Women's World Cup because, like, again, the U.S. women's national team is so cool. Like, I want to be friends with all of them, and I think it was cool how Sailor in this book, like, 
they were the best team at their college, even though they were women. And so she was like, well, the football players get announced. Why the fuck can't we get announced and have the announcer guy come over? So I think it like, I really enjoyed the celebration behind women's soccer in this book, because I don't feel like that's what very many women's soccer players are getting, you know? Yes. And I like how Farnsworth wrote this book. She highlighted women's soccer without putting men's soccer down. Hmm. Like I always feel like when they're talking about women and men's sport, one side is always being put down when all the athletes just want things to be equal. So I liked that she didn't like shit on men's soccer. You're so insightful today. Look at you. I'm sending you to the UN to advocate for others. <laughs> I always said if I didn't choose this track, I would have loved to do like sports management or something with like sports. Yeah. Yeah, I really enjoyed the soccer aspect of it and that she was really good and she knew that she was really good. And Adler Beck was also really good. You know what I mean? It was just like fun to watch two people that were really good at what they do. Just go kick ass. Yeah. And it was, I like the aspect because I never brought to get into spice, but him also speaking German, like the two language thing. I just, I just love that. It's a hit with me every time. Yeah. Let's get into the spice because he whispers some like German sweet nothings into her ear, which I was like into. So how many peppers are you giving it? I am giving this between 0.5 and one pepper. I'm getting at 0.5 and there was just so much potential for more. There was. Yeah, I do wish that this was spicier. But this, again, the story was the star of the show. Yeah. Yeah. And so, like, I think that's why I'm still giving it such a good rating is because the relationship and the development was there. So the spice was almost just like a little extra. I agree. So they're having this conversation Beck smirks as he sits in the chair next to me. I've gotten the impression that you like it when I'm not exactly a gentleman. (laughs) Hot. Like, the smirk is just hot. And then, so she is at the club with her friends in Germany. And she's kind of, like, she's like, I have to forget Adler Beck. She's like, I can't have any distractions. So she's at the club. He happens to be at the club. And this guy starts talking to her. So Adler, like, sees that this guy is talking to her. And when she's going towards her friends on the dance floor, Adler stops her. And he goes, what the fuck are you doing? And she goes, I was going to ask you the same thing. He goes, you shouldn't be talking to guys like that. And so they have this, like, tension-filled moment where he's having his, like, spur of jealousy. And he quickly gets out of there. He, like, drags her out of the club. Everybody sees them leaving together. And they get to her apartment. And, like, they don't even – his apartment. And they don't even make it past the couch. He, she goes, we both groan loudly as he slides in. Beck unzips my dress, tantalizing, tantalizingly sliding his hands along the newly revealed skin. And I just think that that is just a very hot moment when you're doing the foreplay, you're having sex, and, like, they start, un, like, undressing you. Mm-hmm. It was just, when they did have spice, it was hot. And one moment that could have had so much potential is when he comes in six months later and flies to her college, She's giving him a tour of the campus because she's like, fuck, I don't like I can't I have to like process my feelings. And she shows him a classroom and like they potentially hook up in the class. Like they almost hook up in the classroom, but they don't because he doesn't have a condom. And that scene just had so much potential because they're just having a hot makeup session 
on this classroom's table. It's like, I'm so proud of them for for having safe sex, but like, please just fuck in the classroom. <laughs> like, it's fine. <laughs> okay, I only highlighted two scenes. First thing though, that I do want to hide, that I do want to point out is I love when we just kick off the, the relationship with the fuck in the bar bathroom or the bar closet, which is what this was. So she and Adler Beck have sex for the first time in the back room at his bar. She asks for Jen. He takes her cup filled with tonic to the back room, bangs her up against all the bottles of liquor. Hot. Then he shows up at the soccer stadium, like, I don't know, probably a week later, and he's watching her have her first scrimmage and, like, steals her away after she gets out of the shower, texts her and says, come here for a minute, and then puts her in a closet in the stadium and says, you know what I was thinking about watching you play, Sailor, doing this as he fingers her. And she says, watching him watch me, imagining him, imagining doing this to me. And then he says, come for me, sailor. Hot. Then she bangs him with earnest when he comes to her house and they have the talk. This is like when they're really finally, I mean, they finally say that they love each other eight months later. There's the heat of his skin, the ripple of his abdominal muscles against my own stomach, the thick hair my hands are raking through. I'm close, feeling the trickles of ecstasy when he slows down, pumping, when he slows pumping me into me at a leisurely pace, languidly. I clench my inner muscles around and feel the muscles in his back ripple as he responds. He slides out of me, teasing me with the bulbous tip of his cock, and I let out a throaty gasp. Then he plunges back inside and I'm over the cliff. Liquid hot pleasure courses through me as I light up like a supernova. You know those couples that like you just want to (laughs) watch. I don't need to participate. But like these are just two very hot people banging it out. And like I would would watch. That's all I got to say. Like when they like the spice was spicing when it hit. Like they and one thing I like about their like was that it was like they had to have each other right away yeah like it was like I have to have you right away and that sex is always hot and they were banging a lot we just weren't getting it as much you know what I mean like the spice and their relationship was spicing we were only seeing it every so often and I like Sailor being the badass that she is half the time she just walks out after the sex is over she leaves him in the park bathroom she leaves him in the storage closet she's like deuces God, the park bathroom. I forgot about the park bathroom. So hot. So. It was like college adult normal sex. Yeah. Very hot, very athletic people fucking. That's what I would call this book. (laughs) So we are going to get into discussion questions. My first question is, do you think that Haley sucks, her sister? I think that her sister did not understand her. And so they had a like challenging relationship. I don't think that, I don't think that she sucked, but I don't think that they, they meshed. They were not, they were not good sisters to one another on either side. No, I agree. I think at some points, 
I don't like. I don't think it was fair that Haley did not tell Sailor about the father daughter dance. I thought that was very blindsiding. Yeah. And sometimes she would just like Sailor was twenty one. Like she wanted to have fun. She wanted to be like kind of like she like Lucy Goosey. She was having fun at the wedding, like seeing people. And then Haley had to make like smart comments. But then I think that Sailor also kind of didn't want at the time what Haley had being married with the kid yeah. by twenty seven. I think that their, like, age gap did, like, complicate their relationship. But I wish that Haley – I'm glad that we see in the epilogue that, like, Haley and her husband do fly with Sailor to go watch him play in Germany. And so we get some kind of – a little bit of, like, resolution with their relationship. I can see her relationship improving with her sister because of her relationship with Adler Beck. Like, I think that he had such a – not really a wholesome family, but he was like forced to be with his family and they had like a good relationship. And so I can see as a result of that, him wanting her to be closer with her sister and him being like, well, you should answer when she calls and you should like, you know, like if you want to go to Georgia, I'll come with you, which is really what a partner should be. Okay. My question, (laughs) which is hotter, a gold medal a Super Bowl ring, or a Stanley Cup win? I am tied between a gold medal and a Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup is because of the way the celebration with the cup, I think, is really neat. Because, like, you are you get your day with the cup. People do, like, whatever they want with the cup. And just it's just, like, a huge party with it. And just kind of knowing how long and how much like the toll your body takes to make like get to the Stanley Cup I just think that's really hot but then the gold medal you're the best of the best of the best mm-hmm. in the world mm-hmm. I think gold medal is going to be it for me I think gold medal beats a gold medal yeah top tier you could have a gold medal in underwater basket weaving and I would still be like okay like I'm into it I dig it like that's so hot to me that you have a fucking gold medal because Think of all the athletes in the world and all the sports and all the like things. That is crazy to me. I think it's so much like that would be so attractive is if somebody had a gold medal. I agree. And they get the Olympic rings, like the rings tattoo and the gold medal to me just like excludes power and just confidence. If I even like had a bronze medal, I would never shut the fuck up. Like, oh, I would never shut the fuck up. If I ever made I it to like, the Olympics, oh, I'd be like, oh my god, I'm Savannah. Nice to meet you. Do you know about that time that I went to the Olympics? Like, I would <laughs> never stop talking. <laughs> I wouldn't either. But oh, did you see me compete in the sport? Did you see me? Oops. I'd have it like pulled up on my phone constantly, ready to go. Like, here's the link. I'll just airdrop it to you and everyone else in this room. <laughs> But I will Throw say, I do, think, I do think a Super Bowl ring is hot or like a bowl ring, you know, like when you'd get a college bar and there would be like an athlete in there and he'd have his ring on and like all the girls would put the ring on. Like, I think that there's something hot about a bowl ring, but I'm going gold medal every time. Yeah, I think for me, I'll go gold medal, Stanley Cup, Super Bowl ring. Oh, I'm switching up. But you know, I'm not really a hockey girly. So that, yeah. that's So our last question is, if you could pick a character for a spinoff, who would it be? I would want Otto 
the first soccer player that she interacts with, the goalie, he seemed like a little gem. I would want a spinoff on him. I would like it to be a spinoff of Odo, the goalie, and Cassandra, the goalie for Lancaster. So it'd be the two goalies. Cressida, right? Is it Cressida? Yeah, you just be naming characters, whatever you feel at the time. I think that would be a cute spinoff is both the goalies. Oh, no, I don't want any. I don't want them to get together, but I would love Otto. I would read a book on Otto and I would also read a book on Emma because she was a little outlandish and crazy. And that reminds me of me. And so I would like to read that, too. Emma's a good one, too. I do think she was a good friend. I know you don't, but she had good intentions. She tried. Yeah, I just think that they should just let her come out with details when she wanted to come out with details. That's fair. That's not how I operate in friendships, though, so I'd be so frustrated. (laughs) Okay, favorite part of the pod, how we view Adler Beck. So to me, Adler Beck reminds me of Adley Rushman. He plays for um, the Orioles. He is their catcher. He has a very hot accent, and whenever he walks by you, he'll touch your arm or make, like, some kind of physical contact. He owns his own organization that helps children learn. <laughs> this man is hot. hot. I just Googled him. He's, He's hot. so hot. He's <laughs> hot. He has his own organization that helps children learn about sports, and he donates a lot of equipment. He'll spend Friday night with you cuddled on the couch, and then Saturday night at the bar holding your purse while you dance with your friends. He talks to his mom every day and never fails to buy you your weekly flowers. I had a really hard time picturing Adler because he was blonde to the point where today on Google, I typed in hot blonde men. (laughs) It was a wild Google search, but I think I'm going to go with that. He's like a young blonde Brad Pitt, but no facial hair. I don't picture him having any facial hair being like kind of baby faced. And I think that he has a very hot German accent. Um, He never coddles you, but like not in a mean way. Like he's always the person if you're running to be like, oh, you can go another mile or you should have made that shot. Like here, let's practice again. So he's always like pushing you to be better. I think that he would eat you out immediately after getting off the Peloton, like while you're sweaty and gross. I think that he would be like your hot gym buddy. So like you're working out in the same area, but he's like touching you when you walk by or like spank, giving a little spank when you do good. He has a remote mountain house so that he can escape the world. I think that he stays after games like his games, um, even if he loses to sign autographs for little kids. He grows his hair out and buzzes it to donate to charity. And I think he never misses brunch with his family and hates every guy his little sister dates. That's pretty accurate. Yeah, I thought so too. So after talking a lot about Adler Beck, we have to put him in our scientifically um, proven boyfriend pyramid. So at the bottom, you have ultimate friends with benefits, hooking up, could be a long-term situation, could be a one-night stand. And then at the next level, you have meet your parents. He could be the one, could not be the one. You guys are happy, but maybe just not for each other long-term. Then you have white picket fence. You have the happy life, the kids, the dog, and you're just living the perfect like life. And at the top of the pyramid, we have God tier where it is just, he is just there. Like nothing else can beat him. So Sav, where are you putting Adler? Okay. 
if I could put a couple together, I've done this a couple times, I would put Adler and Sailor at God tier. They together are a God tier couple. Adler alone, for me, is meet the fam. I don't love a blondie. We didn't get his POV, so I feel like I don't really know him, you know? Like, there's more that I could learn, but I think that he's very hot. I think that he would be great in bed. I think that he would be a good partner, just not for me. I think that I would rather be with Sailor than be with Adler. What about you? I'm putting him at white picket fence. So I feel like you could have that happy life with him. You guys are both competing on this, like the, he's coming to all your games, like when he can, you're flying out to his games and you can, and they're just having that happy soccer life together. Yeah. I just, I don't think I know enough about soccer to like put a soccer player in God tier. Even Rainer Colty to me is still white picket fence. And he's like the premier soccer man in my life. Yeah. It was hard trying to find somebody because I don't like blondes. You don't really have that many blondies to pick from. I found one very hot blondie, but he was like a Tumblr guy. Like, I don't know who the fuck that is. (laughs) I don't put that on here. (laughs) Okay, well, we hope that y'all enjoyed this episode. Go watch Cheer on Your Team in the Women's World Cup. Because obviously y'all are not all from the U.S., so we're not going to force that on you. But if you're, like, looking for a team to root for, the U.S. Women's National Team is really cool, and they're really likable, and I just want to be all of their friends. So, you know, if if you, like, need a team, that would be my recommendation. And then next week, we are going to read Out on a Limb by Hannah Bonham Young. It is so, so good. I'm going to give a couple up top trigger warnings because it is surprise baby, which I know is not everyone's cup of tea. And if you're like struggling to get pregnant at the moment, I can see how that would be hard, but it's very good. Very well done. There's also some disability representation. So if that's also not your thing, if you're struggling with that, let me know. Otherwise, probably my favorite book of the year. I do not think it will be beat. All right, guys. So we hope you guys enjoyed this episode and I'll talk to you guys next week.